Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Wrestle Life Radio. My name is Matt Sin, also known as Wrestle Life Matt, and this is Indie Focus. This is a show where we sit down with someone who is working or has worked in independent wrestling, and we learn more about them. And today, we're here with Aiden Knight. How you doing, Aiden? I'm doing great, Matt. How about you, man? You know what? I'm doing really good. It's been a good day. Had a good day at work. We're going to get into a little bit of chat, and then after we're done, I get to go do my weekly review. And uh, I get to basically bury Raw, so it's gonna be gonna be a fun day, right? I don't <laughs> think you really have to worry about burying Raw. I feel like that's one thing that's really disappointed me as of late. Is I feel like not just like WWE, but like a lot of the major products are just burying themselves. <laughs> yeah, we're we're definitely gonna get into that. So I'm I'm looking forward to talking talking to you about that. So uh, a little bit of uh, backstage like secrecy. Uh, we're recording this in the beginning of August, so. Uh, I'm talking about the August 3rd edition of Raw, which might be the worst uh, wrestling show I've seen this year. So that's that's going to be fun. But uh, that's not what we're here to talk about right now. We're here to learn about Mr. Aiden Knight. So tell me a little bit about yourself, man. What do you like to do in your spare time that's not wrestling related? Oh, man. Uh, it's kind of a long list. I mean, especially like now because, um, you know, with COVID and everything like that, uh, me and the lady have been home since March. So we've been finding yeah. a lot of new hobbies. Um, but I have uh, I'm pretty avid Dungeons and Dragons player. Um, yeah. We play at least two times a week. Um, what? That's, been, that's yeah, amazing. Yeah, that's been going on. Uh, we've been playing one campaign consistently for about two years almost two and a half years now um wow. but yeah we are involved in um three different campaigns i'm about to start one and dming one um so we'll be it'll be four campaigns total but we play at least twice a week um also i'm a pretty avid gamer um outside of just tabletop dnd i play uh magic um as well as a ton of stuff on playstation i bounce around to so many different games it's ridiculous yeah. That's awesome. So we have a lot of similar tastes. I have actually skipped podcast recording, and longtime listeners know this, skipped episodes of recording because I had to prepare for uh, my DM. I was DMing a, uh, a session, so I had to skip the podcast so I'd have time to prepare. So, yeah, that's... Uh, yeah, I know. There's a lot of time. Like, I think that's one thing that, like, anybody who's never, like, played, like, kind of takes, you know, doesn't really understand. But, like, anybody who's never DM'd, like, anybody who plays D&D but doesn't actually has never dm'd they don't realize how much work goes like goes down behind the screen prior to anybody sitting down at the table so in my opinion in my opinion it's a lot more work but it's so more so much more rewarding i love dming i don't even like i still enjoy playing but i love to dm and see for me it's kind of uh it's they're both rewarding but they're rewarding in different ways um so it to me one isn't necessarily more rewarding than the other it's just they're rewarding in different ways um especially the difference between you know dming a homebrewed game versus dming a module or playing you know playing a homebrewed game um i've had so many like moments with um my dm with me and my fiance where we were playing you know just like just the two of us you know sitting wow. down playing a session uh just to just because and uh funny story we he had done one that was set up sort of like a murder mystery kind of thing okay. um and he started giving us these these plot points and as he's sitting there giving them to us her and i are looking and writing everything down and we're like oh my god the the murders are revolved around the seven deadly sins and he looks at us <laughs> and goes like this blank look on his face and just goes yes 
that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Like we had we had basically fla- found our own like plot thread and our own like meaning behind everything when he was just kind of giving us just like random like spurts of information just flying by yeah. the seat of his pants and we had kind of found a thread but when we found that thread he was able to kind of you know uh with homebrewing and sort of improving, he was able to kind of design like what was going to eventually be the the final encounter of uh that um that one shot and also becoming a massive reoccurring problem <laughs> in our main <laughs> game um anybody who has ever played D and is familiar with what a rakshasa is um that has been okay. a reoccurring thorn in our side um it's essentially a a fiend that uh just regenerates so we kill it and then uh we'll say five six months later of like real time we'll just be sitting there and forget about it and all of a sudden we'll find that you know one of our friends or compatriots is acting strange and their their hand is is backwards instead of you know being normal their hand is backwards it's like oh wait here's the rock shasa all right let's go ahead and do this encounter again <laughs> but it's That's fun absolutely incredible it's so much fun because like i said it started off as a one shot and now it's kind of become like a reoccurring uh piece of our you know the the larger campaign that we're playing yeah yeah so a lot of people for those of you that don't understand D&D or don't know what it is. A lot of professional wrestlers are really big into it. I mean, Xavier Woods, Ember Moon, Brandon Cutler, just to name a few. Big Show uh, actually plays yeah. with, um, oh man, I can't think of his name. The uh, actor from True Blood, the werewolf, what is his name? Whatever. I have no idea. I can't remember his name, but is um, there's an actor, uh, the, the, the guy from true blood plays uh alcid i wish i could remember I'm, I'm, while i'm talking about this i'm gonna look him up but anyways <laughs> big show actually plays in his game wow that's cool. um so like yeah like there's they've had several like big uh community um i want to say actually big show has sat in on critical role before um really? at like a uh at like a convention like a big convention yeah that's really awesome. So what I can talk about D and D all day, but oh, yeah. uh, me too. That's what I said. It's one of those things. Like yeah, I, I think you and I talked about this prior to going in here. Uh-huh. But if you let me go, oh, it's Joe Manganello. That's the guy's name. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yep. I forgot he was in True Blood. Yeah, I've yes. seen him do some stuff. Yes. Yeah. So we are talking about doing a uh, not a permanent one, but a Dungeons and Dragons episode. Uh, and if that's the case, I'll make sure to let you know. Oh yes, so please do, because I will. Yeah. I will absolutely be there. I don't care if we're playing, if we're just talking D and D. I will be there. Absolutely. Super awesome, man. So, so cheap plug. If you guys haven't played D and D go do it. It's an absolute blast. And it doesn't, if you think, Oh, it's a bunch of nerds sitting around in cloaks. Maybe it is, or maybe it's, you know, your next door neighbor and a truck driver and perhaps someone that works in retail and they're all sitting down, having some fun, eating some pizza. Cause that's kind of what we do. Yeah. So pretty it's, much. It's good stuff. Good stuff. <laughs> So let's talk about uh, let's learn a little bit more about your wrestling. So did you uh, do you watch a lot of wrestling as you were growing up? Uh, yeah, uh, okay. a, a lot of wrestling. Um, my dad uh, watched a lot of wrestling when he was younger um, and then kind of completely fell out of it. Uh, I have an older brother who I want to say it's so hard for me to remember, but I want to say he's like nine, eight or nine years older than me. Um, okay. So there's a pretty significant age gap there. But um so he was growing up uh, watching a lot of wrestling um, during like the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s. And then when I was born, it was one of those things like whenever he would babysit, 
uh-huh. that's what we would do is we would watch wrestling um and it was one it it just kind of stuck from there uh growing up during the attitude era it was kind of one of those things um i don't know if it was like that for a lot of kids but like for me growing up during the attitude era all of my friends at school like all of the 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 the, the guys at school i say guys we were like you know five six seven years old but i can very right. vividly remember being on the playground and pretending to be you know different wrestlers and yeah you know tr- pretending to do moves to each other on a playground covered in wood chips back in the day yeah well wrestling was such a big part of part of pop culture back yeah in the day. absolutely I mean, Stone Cold and The Rock and Jericho and HBK and DX and stuff. And on one side, then you had the NWO and Sting and DDP and Goldberg on the other side. Mm. And everyone watched wrestling. Millions of people every week watched wrestling. Uh, Then now, you know, you're having uh, Monday Night Raw is lucky to get, you know, 1.7, 1.8 million people now. And it's it's sad how how far wrestling has fallen. And I think we're going to have a boom period pretty soon. But you never know with coronavirus it, uh, it's hard to predict those kind of things yeah absolutely and, and i think part of it is you know when you had just the monday night wars going on with wcw and wwe was they were kind of just the the two you know the two horses in the race that the the general audience knew about and i feel like we've gotten to a point especially wwe has oversaturated their market a little bit Right. Um, between Raw, SmackDown, NXT, NXT UK, 205 Live, mm-hmm. Superstars, and just they put out so much content that it's it's hard to digest at all. Yeah. And yeah. then when you take that and lump that in with Impact and you lump that in with AEW and the how, how easy it is to access New Japan and so many other promotions – it's hard to digest everything, and I think people just get overwhelmed with it. Oh, 100%. I watched Slammiversary, and that's the first Impact show I've watched in a year, year and a half, two years. And it's nothing against Impact. I just I have other interests other than wrestling. Mm-hmm. I podcast and review Raw, SmackDown, and Dynamite every single week. I do other stuff in the podcast like this, and I just don't have time to watch other wrestling. I don't. And I want to because Impact is great. New Japan is amazing, but I just don't have time to watch it all, you know? Yeah, no, absolutely. And that was something that, um, you know, even before AEW that, you know, me and some of the guys would talk about when I first started, you know, was the fact that like the market was just getting oversaturated, that there was just so much content that it was, it was impossible that if you wanted to, you know, have a life outside of watching professional wrestling, like you had to cut something out somewhere. Right. That's just that's part of it nowadays. There's there's too much content. It's like you can't watch all the anime. You just yeah. can't do it. Can't play all the video games. It's exactly. Exactly. You so. have to kind of pick and choose what you know what works for you. Yeah, exactly. So who? Uh, and let's just go back to when you were a kid. Nothing current. Who mm. were some of your favorites growing up? Uh, well, anybody who's ever seen me work or seen pictures of me can probably assume one of them. Uh, I've always been a huge uh, fan of the Hardys. Uh huh. Um. I mean, they were like, they were, and I think a lot of this has to do with having, uh, you know, a brother, having a twin brother. Um, right. So being so close in age, kind of seeing Matt and Jeff as brothers um, and being closer to what I identified with, because um, you had other, you know, brothers and things like that in, in wrestling. But yeah. 
Uh, my older brother, you know, was an alternative kid, so he wore Jenkos and you know the big, yeah, you the know, giant leg the, things, uh, the giant giant pants and the <laughs> oversized shirts. And you know, if he wasn't if it wasn't oversized, it was you know crazy tight. So it was one of those things that like I saw the Hardys and then saw that kind of that cool factor that I saw yeah. in my older brother. So that was how much that was like how I really gravitated to them. Um, so like as like a as a kid kid, I was just eyes locked on yeah. Hardy's. Um, I also was a, a huge fan of uh, the Brood. Um, I loved yeah. Gangrel. I thought uh, I thought Gangrel was one of those guys that was just so amazing, and I didn't understand. Like I, as a kid, I didn't understand you know why he wasn't better and as an adult looking back i'm like why did they not do more with him you know like he was like i love going back and watching gangrel matches and being like oh yeah he was just he was so so talented and just because he kind of got himself into this you know the the vampire gimmick like the vampire gimmick kind of ran its course and you know the 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 hype faded really fast which was which kind of sucked for him right but I like I said, he's he's still one of my absolute favorites. Um, but definitely as a kid. Um, yeah, the Hardys and Gangrel. Like I liked Edge and Christian as well. Yeah. Uh, I think if Gangrel had a deeper voice, he could have really been something, but I think Vince McMahon just heard his voice and just couldn't get over it. You know, that's that's possible. Um I do know uh so I do listen to um uh, what is it? Uh, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard. Yeah, and he and Good I've actually there. listened to. Uh, I want to say he did an episode. He either did an episode on Gangrel, or he did an episode on the Brood, or he talked about in another like episode talked pretty heavily about the Brood. I know that Edge and Christian's pod of podcast of awesomeness or whatever it is. Yeah, uh, they did a sit down interview with Gangrel as well, and they talked pretty heavily about kind of what happened and from what Gangrel said, it basically just kind of boiled down to the vampire gimmick was really cool. And then yeah. the vampire hype kind of went away. And when that went away, like so did the, you know, the popularity that he had. Yeah, I can, I can see that the fans have always been fickle, but in the attitude era, oh. things were just constantly changing. I mean, oh, yeah. constantly changing. It's so fast. And yeah. I think it's like, and it's even worse now, in my opinion, like oh, it's yeah. it's so much worse now how fast somebody can you know be jet strapped to the moon and then next thing you know they're like who is that guy again yeah hello jinder mahal let's, yeah. uh, <laughs> let's talk about uh, your favorite now so you, you can't talk about any because i want you got you watch a lot of wrestling yeah so we're talking major national impact new japan aew wwe who just glues you to your television uh, as I got older, CM Punk. Yeah. Uh, when absolutely. Punk came around in in ECW, I was hooked. Um, I was already pretty uh, big into punk music and into the straight edge lifestyle. Yeah. Um. So seeing that, like being portrayed in a character, I was like, I like this guy. And he was yeah. small. And I think that was another thing is like, he was small right? and he was just this amazing worker and just, you're going to have to beat me on this one. He busted his ass. 
Yeah, he did. You know, there's, there's no other way to say that. Like he was just, he was so talented and whether he was in the ring or his, his promo work, it was, there was just something about it that was just so good. Yeah. Like there's no other way to say that. It was just, it was great. Yeah. Um, I remember watching the pipe bomb live and yeah. every once in a while, once every couple of years, I will go back and watch it again just because it's one of those promos that I will never, ever forget. And money in the bank 2011 is one of my favorite pay-per-views of all time, mostly because of the main event. Oh yeah, absolutely. Like the whole thing was good, but the main yeah. event was amazing. And it's like it was there's 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 that promo and the there was one that right before him and The Rock wrestled at the Royal Rumble, and I can just very vividly remember him looking The Rock in the face. And I can't remember. I, I can only remember is that when you step into the ring with me, you're gonna realize your arms are too short to box with God, something <laughs> along those lines. And I remember watching that live and just being like. I, I was speechless. Like I just looked around the room. Like did that was amazing. Like yeah, who, I was like, ah, uh. like I, <laughs> and it, it, there were so many of those promos that were like that. It was that the pipe bomb. I mean, just just so many promos that were just amazing. And I, I think it's one of those things that, it, yeah, if he were to ever come back and and start wrestling even part time, like I would be back glued to my TV again. Absolutely. Um, and there's there's so many guys out there that I you know really liked, but like CM Punk was one. That like if I had to pick like one that was just like this guy was the one that had me stuck to my TV every week, it was Punk. Yeah, CM Punk is one of those guys where if he were to come back now, he would be a legitimate draw, and he could bring tons and tons of lapsed or new viewers to mm-hmm. whatever company he goes to. And there aren't that many guys that are still out there. I mean, you could argue like Stone Cold and The Rock and stuff, but they're never wrestling again, not on a full-time basis. No, and not it's only that, I still don't. I st- I think it's one of those things that like, even if like The Rock were to come back, I don't think he would draw in the same way. Because it's a, there's something about Punk is that when, when, when Punk was gone, it was just, he left such a void. Yeah. Like it was just Royal Rumble and then gone. And that was just, that was it. There was this, there's this unfulfilled void. And I feel like with stone cold and the rock, like they kind of there, there, there's not really unfinished business, I guess, if that makes any sense. Like when the rock came back and, you know, did the, the, the two match back to back mania with, with Cena, there was some finality to that. Right. Um, and I feel like with Stone Cold, same thing. There's, there's just, I think there's, there's, a, there's a finality in people's acceptance that Stone Cold, his body just isn't capable of, yeah. you know, working a match anymore. But with Punk, like there's this, this, just feeling of like there could still be something there, like, and just wanting to see that. And I think that's why, if Punk, I, I, I joked around with, um, with my fiance when AEW first came around, and I said if punk goes to AEW or punk goes to WWE, that's who's going to end up winning this war. Yeah. And it makes sense. I understand what you're saying, man, because that is a huge get huge get. I was really heartbroken when he didn't debut in Chicago for AEW. I would, I was a little bit, but I also feel like I, I, part of me was like, 
it when he comes back and i don't say if because i do legitimately feel like it is a matter of when when he comes back there won't be any tabloid there won't be any rumor mill there won't be any dirt sheets like he'll literally just pop up yeah and it'll it'll be one of those things that everybody's going to be you know mad at themselves for oh man i can't believe i missed that but right. because they have that that mindset of i can't believe i missed it they're not going to want to miss anything from yeah. there out dude i'm there with you i totally get it so let's talk about uh and we chatted a little bit about this before we started recording but what made you really want to become a professional wrestler like what lit that fire under you um i've i, I was always told growing up that like i had a a a bug for entertaining people. Um, yeah. I did, I did theater uh, growing up. I was also an amateur wrestler from the time I was four. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. I, I, I'm originally from Michigan and wrestling like Greco Roman wrestling up in that area of the country is huge. It, it's big okay. in the way that football is in the South. Like it is, it is oh, the wow. sport. Um, so I did it from the time I was four. Uh, up until I moved to Georgia in 2005. Yeah, okay. 2005. So would it be, I don't know, almost 10 years of wrestling. Um, wow. And then I did theater all the way up into high school. Um, and I had kind of always had this bug. Either I wanted to do music and be a musician, or I wanted to be a wrestler because I just wanted to entertain. Yes, yeah. it was it was one of those things that I I just always liked making people smile and making people happy or just getting that bug in people, um, whether it was through being in a band or being a musician or now being a wrestler, or being in theater. You know, it's always that thing, even if, you know, I'm like out hanging out with friends. I'm, you know, the guy that's constantly trying to, you know, make terrible puns or bad jokes right. or whatever just to just to <laughs> if, if the if the if the mood of the table is dead you will believe that i will drop some bad puns just to get people to look at me and smile because it's just <laughs> it's i don't know it's just something that i've always i've always liked was being kind of the the way to make people smile so uh specifically the match that really set me like set in place that hey this is going to happen uh, that I really wanted to do it was the Dudleys and the Hardys at Royal Rumble in the tag team table match. Okay. I wish I could remember what year it was, but I was way too young. I remember yeah. being at my friend's house and his parents would always buy the pay-per-views because they were huge wrestling fans. And I remember watching that match going, this is amazing. And I remember looking at my brother and saying, we're going to do this. Yeah. And then from there, when I told my parents, it's like, I want to be a wrestler. I'm going to be a wrestler. I'm going to be a wrestler. I remember my dad always looking at me and telling me, you're too small. You're yeah. never going to be able to do it. You're too small. Because my dad always grew up with, you know, the, my dad grew up with like the, 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 you know, 60s, Hogan, 70s, like 60s, Luger, 70s. Yeah. No, like, I mean, we're talking like. Oh God, I wish I could remember some of these guys' names. I remember my dad just name drop and I mean just the, the like the the they're muscle all bound guys. Yeah, they're all monsters. Guys, yeah. yeah, they were all massive guys. And my dad was always telling me, 
you're never going to, you're not big enough. You're never going to be big enough. You're always going to be small. You're never going to be big enough. You're never going to be able to do it. So that, so there was this kind of this fire in me that was like, I'm going to do this. And when I got out of high school, I tried to, tried to find a, a, a wrestling school um, and just apparently just didn't look hard enough because there was one going on right here in my, in, in the town that I lived in. And I just never was able to find it or see it. And yeah. when I, I started working for Spencer's Gifts and one of my coworkers, we were ta- I was talking to him and he was like, oh, you must know pure goodness. And I'm like, nope. He's like, oh, well, everybody who everybody who know, who everybody who likes wrestling in this area knows pure goodness. I'm going to hook you up with pure goodness. And the rest, as they say, is history. That's great. So is that my next question is, where did you train? Is that where you trained? No. So um, I actually uh, started my training with uh, Spinebuster Wrestling Academy in Valbasa. Okay. Um, I trained with them for several months and then got put into a tag team uh with uh an individual named jake knight um and we tagged and it was one of those things like i would train with you know the guys that were at the shows prior to you know setting up like you know hours and hours beforehand just to get opportunities to get in and train and work with guys and practice before shows um i definitely feel like starting off that i i got it easy in the way that I probably got in a lot sooner than I should have. Um, but I was fortunate in the way that I had a tag team partner that was kind of able to cover some of my shortcomings while I learned. Um, so I, I, like I said, I, I started probably a lot sooner than I should have. And I learned a lot before shows. That was a lot of what I did was before shows was like, you know, three, four hours, five hours before shows. And basically working with anybody, you know, in anybody who was on that card that would be willing to, you know, work with me and, and, and help teach me a little bit more and, you know, sit and listen, you know, when, when the, the vets would get in there to, to, to work, to work on their matches and stuff like that. Like I would, you know, stand ringside and just watch them work and just study. That's really awesome. So did you do you do anything specific before a match do you have like a ritual or anything that you do um so well we know about uh one of them as uh, an individual who rides in my car that yeah. will <laughs> uh, so you're you're part of that too yes i am um so actually yeah that that actually that that actually started from me um was <laughs> we would i when we were driving to shows, I would just put on like a mix of music and my Spotify mix is pretty expansive. Okay. Uh, it covers a lot of genres. And because of that, uh, I would like that Africa would always come on <laughs> and we would always listen to it. We would always, you know, just start singing in the car, you know, like roll the windows down, hands out the windows, waving them, just having a, a blast driving to shows. And the, the couple times that I remember, like we had two shows that we didn't listen to it. And at one of them, uh, spider got, uh, got his teeth, got a bunch of his teeth knocked out. Um, I think he mentioned that. Yep. Yep. And then there was another one where, and this was crazy is 
we were just doing a, a, a cat and mouse spot. Essentially, he was uh, I, I was chasing him outside the ring. He dipped out of the ring and I went to go chase after him and he rounded a corner and just tripped and broke th- like two or three of his toes. Oh, my gosh. And it was like at that point we were like, nope, Africa before every <laughs> single show it has. And it's not even that we just listened to Africa before a show. We listen to Africa on the way to the show. If we are stopping yeah. somewhere before we, if we know like we're going to stop, like, Hey, we got to stop here to, you know, pick up tape or we got to stop here to eat, or we're going to stop here and do this. We won't listen to it there. It has to be in the the direct line of cranking the car and driving to the show. <laughs> we listen to Africa and I actually have um, some really good friends of mine uh, from a band or they're in a band out of the Orlando area called the brilliant lie. And they mm-hmm. actually, a couple months ago, just released um, an actual. They, they released their cover of of Africa as, um, which was amazing because I've I've heard them play it live several times, but it's taken them forever to finally get to the the point where they could actually record it and release it. So yeah. a couple months ago, they finally recorded it and released it, and it is it is everything that is amazing about their live performance. And I can just listen to it instead of having to pull up live videos. <laughs> That's hilarious because uh, on this, for those of you that have been longtime listeners, Spider was was I interviewed him a couple months back, and he told me about how he played Africa. And I, if I remember right, I think he posted something on Instagram like a couple days ago, maybe a week or two it ago. It was Saturday. Point. It was Saturday yeah. on the way to our last show. He's in the back of the car, and if you listen very closely, you can hear both of us singing in the car. <laughs> That's so great, dude. That's the greatest ritual. I, uh, uh, and I assume even if you guys aren't working together, you still do it separately, right? Oh, absolutely. Like if, if yeah. we if if we aren't in the car together, if we're both riding to like if we're both riding to the same same show, but we're coming from like different places, it's like uh-huh. we'll call each other. Like me, Spider, and my brother Alex will all call each other and be like, "Hey, make sure you listen <laughs> to Africa." Like we will remind each other. Just so that we don't get like caught up because we've found that like if the three of us are riding from different locations and just one of us doesn't listen to it, something is going to happen. It might not happen to one of the three of us, but somebody on that card is going to get hurt. So um, sorry, I'm trying to stop laughing here. I'm trying to be professional. Um Oh no, dude! Just throw professional out the window, man. Like it is—it's so much more. F- I feel like podcasts are so much more fun when people are just like it, it's like if we were just sitting across from each other at like at, at a table instead of you know talking yeah. over you know the, the the computers. Like we were just sitting across from each other and we weren't recording. How would we talk and get to know each other? You know, I think that that's the coolest way to to to, to do it is just throw professionalism out the window. Like let's just have fun. That's just the greatest ritual ever. You know, you've got like Michael Jordan, you know, dusting his hands off. You've got uh, as a baseball player, I can't remember his name, but he would put on his clothes on one side of the body at a time. And you guys, every time before you call each other and listen to Africa, that is just the absolute greatest. I can't get over that. That's hilarious. Yep, it's oh. it, like I said, it, it's I I. It's crazy how it happened. It was just one of those songs that just came up, and we were just like, "Nope, this this is this is the thing." So <laughs> that's terrific. So let's let's move on because I got I got to calm down. Tell me, <laughs> tell me about you're preparing for your very first match ever in front of a crowd. I want you to tell me how it went. So uh, I was riding with Pure Goodness to shows. Uh huh. Um, 
basically just going and same thing just going getting some ring time prior to to kind of work and work on my bumps and work on some of my moves and just train a little bit and i was in there in my training gear and i had finished up and they were we were told you know hey you know they're fixing to open the doors clear out so i went and cleared out and i was walk i walked past the the promoter and he goes hey kid your uh your bumps are looking real good um do you think you can work pure goodness tonight and for those listeners who I'm, I'm pretty sure you're you're spread enough that there's plenty of listeners out there that don't know who pure goodness is yeah. uh pure goodness is a monster of a human being uh he is i want to say like just shy of six feet tall probably 300 plus pounds oh my god he is a monster of a human being i am a whole five five buck 25 uh so i was just like i've been riding the shows with this guy i was like heck yeah heck yeah i'll i'll you know i'll i'll work with pure goodness and I get back to the back, and he's just sitting there waiting for his opponent to get there. And he's like, oh, man, this guy didn't show up. I don't know what I'm going to do now. And I was like, well, uh, according to the promoter, uh, you're going to work me. And he looks at me and just starts laughing. And he's like, all right, well, buckle up, kid. <laughs> and he gives, like, to this day, he's still just, he uh, he gets me for it all the time. Whenever, like, he he told my fiance about this when we first started, when when she first started going to the gym uh working out with him you know he he tells this he tells the story to anybody he can <laughs> he's in no no i i got out to the ring first no 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 he got out to the ring first they sent him out to the ring okay. and he called out anybody he was just like i will you know go against anybody and they cue this music up for me i come out and i don't have actual gear i've got my training gear so i'm wearing an alkaline trio tank top and these like white MMA shorts and Converse, <laughs> like awesome. I don't, I, 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 I can't remember if I had, if I, if I even had pads at that point. Like I was literally just like training. Like I wasn't expecting work. I was just there to train. Yeah. And yeah, sure enough, I get out there and I'm, you know, doing the whole baby face, cheesing, smiling, trying to high five fans, and people are looking at me like you're gonna die. Like I'm going <laughs> to high five you because this might be the last opportunity I ever get to do this. And I get in the ring and that smile doesn't go away. Uh-huh. I'm standing across the ring from this man, this uh-huh. behemoth of a human being just smile from ear to ear. Match goes off. I go to charge at him. I slam into him, ricochet off of him, sit up. And that smile has not broken. He proceeds to uh, come over, grab me by the hair, throw me from one end of the ring to the other, and I pop up, and guess what? That smile has not broken from my face. You were just so excited to do this? I was so excited and so (laughs) just like... I I I wasn't I plain and simple I wasn't ready. Like yeah, my bumps were looking great, but I did not have that mindset there yet. And I remember and he's he goes and tells I mean literally he puts me up for this just this uh choke slam power bomb deal. Like he's got me sitting up on like one of his shoulders in like a choke slam, but sitting me up and then just power bombs me from this choke slam. Just it was in it looks 
terrible. Like I remember going back and watching that video and people being like, are you okay? Yeah. But as I'm in the air, I'm still smiling. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm trying to, I'm trying to hide it with my hair because my hair was a lot longer at that point. Like I still had like the Mohawk, but it was just, it was so much longer. And I kind of like had it like dangled in front of my face to try and, you know, block the, block the, the fact that I was still smiling and he's, as he's got me up in the air, he looks up at me and goes, boy, stop laughing. (laughs) (laughs) You gotta flat me, man. I'm having too much fun. Yeah. And it was just, I, and he gives me, he, he gives me hell about it every single time we see each other. Anytime we meet somebody new, you know, when he meets, you know, any, like he's met, I've, any, the first time he met my partner, uh it's one of the it's just one of his reoccurring stories that he has to tell and he 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 tells it and it's it's great but yeah that was the first the first match that i ever did in front of people i couldn't stop smiling that's terrific uh my second match was was a lot better um i'm glad (laughs) you want to tell me how that went you're i'm down we got time oh yeah so uh the my first actual like match that wasn't a, a squash match um it was me and my my tag team partner who was my um my brother my younger brother jake mm-hmm. um and i remember being backstage and this was a show there were a bunch of you know names on like uh james ellsworth was on the show and this was at the time when ellsworth was on wwe So it was one of those shows like because WWE does where they they honor your bookings like if you have indie bookings and they're using you on the program they'll still let you finish out your indie bookings because Vince is really like good about that. So we had we had Ellsworth on the show and this was literally the week I want to say it was the week after he had pinned AJ Styles. So it was this whole big thing like the t-shirt was like finally was like the the best-selling t-shirt that they had ever had so you had ellsworth on the show we had teddy long on the show um i'm trying to remember who we had somebody else there and i get my racking my brain and i can't remember who it was but we had you know other other big names uh tom uh tommy rich was on the show okay but i remember sitting backstage and i was talking to ellsworth and i was talking to teddy and my 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 brother jake looks at me and goes so uh i want to do a suicide dive and I had never done one before, not, okay. not, not practiced it. I had n- never even never thought about it. And I'm just like, look over at the guys who were wrestling in this, uh, uh, two bigger guys. And I was like, all right, yeah, we could do this. Okay. So we get out there early in the match, you know, get our, get our shine stuff in. And then next thing you know, he looks at me and goes, all right, time to dive. And I'm like, all right, here we go. And I just <laughs> took off towards the ropes and dove. And I have pictures of it somewhere on my Facebook of me hitting this dive. And I mean, it's probably the cleanest dive I've ever done yeah. in all of my years. I I don't think I've ever hit a dive this clean where I was literally just perfect right through the ropes like an arrow. That's crazy. And I'd never, I had never done it before. I just like looked. I just, Beginner's luck. Yeah, I, I was kind of this like introspective moment. And I remember everything just going really slow. Like I remember when i ran towards the ropes it was like it was like slow motion like it was like all right all right we're getting there okay and jump now and i just wow it was it was crazy like i said i've never done anything i'd never done anything like that to that point it's my (laughs) first match and was like well i guess i'm going big and we're gonna do a suicide dive and 
now everybody when they see me you know they they want they they expect that and it's like man i should have done something i should have done some you know something smaller to start the matches yeah and now i'm out here you know now they're expecting me to fly out of the ring because they saw me do it my first match uh-huh that makes sense gotta watch that yeah and leave them wanting more man leave them wanting more exactly i wish i if <laughs> i had a time machine that would be what i would do go back oh go back you know three years and just be like hey listen to me don't do this <laughs> No, no, Jake, no. <laughs> so let's uh, let's talk about uh, your alignment. Have you played a face and a heel? Uh, I've played. I, I played a heel officially at one show. Okay, so um, you're basically a baby face. Yeah. Yes, okay. I have been a baby face. Um, even the one time that they, I was with one promotion, and they were working towards turning me heel. Um. But then that just completely fell through um, because there was a match that came up that was part. I, I even to this day I I don't know whether or not it was part shoot and part work or if it was all work. I okay. still to this day don't know because uh, the guy that I was working with built it for so long yeah. that I mean going on Facebook and doing Facebook lives like two to three times a week to basically just trash talk me being small you know and yeah. and about my weight and bringing like my personal life into it and it was just like dude are you like i i don't know what's going on here like are you yeah working are you shooting like what's going on here but they had started turning me heel and then he came back and decided he was actually going to wrestle again and it was going to be me and him and as soon as that that match came up, it was like all of the work towards being heel was gone. Yeah, because everybody be. won. Everybody, not everybody. There were still some people. There were a lot of fans that were just like, "Yeah, beat up the small guy." Right. Um, but there was a lot of fans that were, you know, it didn't matter what I had done over the last couple months, you know, trying to build up to being a heel. They had literally watched the last year of this guy, you know, trying to tear me apart on social media. Yeah. So you had to be the baby face there though. Just, yeah. I, wrestling. Yeah. I, I don't know how else that would have worked. Like, I don't know how I could have been healing that situation, but no. So since you've been a baby face, most of the time, has your character changed much over the years or have you kind of been the same guy? Not really. Cause I mean, I am me. Like yeah. I, I think that's one of the, the things I love is that as a wrestler, like I'm just, me you know there there's nothing yeah. nothing crazy about who i am you know as a wrestler I, it's i don't talk as much about D D when i'm in the right. ring, but uh, outside of that like you know my morals and my my the process of my thought and the way i talk and you know my my family and all that stuff like that's that's all both you know real and wrestling you know right so i it's it hasn't changed at all because i really haven't i mean i've matured a little bit but uh i tried to um right. but i really haven't changed so it's one of those things that it's, it's nice having a a gimmick if if you know you can say that uh that's just it's just me yeah nothing special just about you. it yeah, the best wrestling characters are the actual people turned up to eleven, right? Yeah, 
I mean that I wholeheartedly believe that. Yeah. So what's your finisher? Uh, it is uh, I call it X Oblivion. Uh, it okay. is uh, essentially a modified code breaker. Um, instead of okay. using both knees from the front, I uh, hook the head from the side and do it with a single leg. Oh, cool. And I, because initially when I had started, uh, the one thing that was kind of put into me was you're a small guy. Uh, whatever your finisher is, you need to be able to do on guys your size and you need to be able to do it on guys pure goodness size. Right. And I was like, so there's no lifting involved. Uh, I've never, well, I don't really, I didn't really want to do a diving finisher. Like I didn't want to do anything off the top rope just because I don't understand how a lot of guys are able to hit the same trajectory over and over and over again. For me, that's, there's a margin of error there. That's just too wide in my opinion. Yeah. Just for me personally, other guys can nail it. Kudos to them. I am not that guy. Um, but yeah, I just wanted something that was, you know, simple and I could do on anyone. So, so. speaking of pure goodness, by the way, I have definitely seen him before because I just Googled him mm-hmm. and he is this giant African-American man with very blonde hair, a blonde like beard just on his chin and mm-hmm. blonde sideburns. He has such a unique look and I don't remember where I saw him, but I remember seeing him wrestle and he. He's so entertaining. Oh, dude, he's he's great. He's great. Yeah. I, w- I always joke that, like, you know, he's like a Pokemon because he just goes out there and just yells his name. <laughs> like, I have so badly just wanted to be like, all right, cool. We're going to do I want to I want to do uh, like a Comic Con or something like that and just be yeah. like, pure goodness. I choose you. Pure goodness. <laughs> use headbutt. Like as he yells pure goodness and headbutts people like it would just be great. That's absolutely amazing. That is so good. <laughs> but in real life, he's one of my best friends. He's he's absolutely one of my best friends. Um, he has, you know, he's been there for me in a lot of situations in my life. Same thing with Spider. Um, yeah. As much as uh, wrestling Aiden doesn't like Chris Spider, real yeah. life Aiden absolutely loves Spider. He's one of my best friends. Same thing with Pure Goodness. Absolutely one of my best friends. You know, been there for me, been there for my fiance when I was working on the road and physically couldn't be at home you know so he you know i I make jokes about both of them but i they're so close to my heart and so many guys in this community guys and girls in the wrestling community have just really i i see why it's you know referred to as you know people always joke and say oh like the most overused word in wrestling is brother yeah but i legitimately when i'm in a locker room and i you know call people you know hey what's up brother how you doing brother like that's because these people are like my family and they are that yeah. close to me. So that's really great to hear because a lot of times you hear how people kind of undercut people along the way. And, you know, especially with all the speaking out stuff, you know, a lot of bad things have happened in the community. So it's always nice to hear when you, you talk about these other guys and girls like your family, it's, it's always a good thing to hear knowing that that exists. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, don't get me wrong. There's definitely been guys um, over my time, you know, who have definitely tried to undercut me and, and under, you know, try to work against me. Um, but you know, I, I, I try to let that, that stuff go and, uh, you know, just focus on the people that, you know, that focus on the fans that, that love me and focus on the, the, the people in the locker room that got my back. Yeah. 
That's a good catch, by the way. Hashtag PG show. Good job. I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna I just so bad. Like, like I have a, like I said, I've got a I've got a, a three year old and I am so bad about it. Like <laughs> and you, I just was not I was not ready for kids and even now I'm like I'm so bad about censoring myself sometimes. Uh, well you're doing a good job. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta practice that being a dad. Give me a give me a star on the good noodle board. <laughs> so I'm gonna ask you a couple more questions about you, but Right when we started the show, we were talking a little bit about the uh, the the modern wrestling out there and uh, how it's not, I don't want to say good, but how it's not the same as it used to be. What are your thoughts on uh, major professional wrestling right now? Uh, I mean, I, I already said, like, I feel like it's it's really oversaturated. Yeah. But I feel like there are so few original ideas anymore. Right. And when there are original ideas, the com- like the, the 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 wrestling community, like the fans, are so toxic about it. Like yeah. it, it's the it's the argument with people with Star Wars when you know uh, when the the Force Awakens came out, and yep. everybody complained that oh this is it's literally just a New Hope all over again, and you can put them side by side, and it's the same movie. So then when they did, uh, what was it? The last Jedi, the last Jedi was so far off left field. Yep. Everybody complained that, Oh, this isn't, this isn't like star Wars. This isn't star Wars. And it's like, you didn't want star Wars (laughs) when they made star Wars. So they did something different. And now you guys are mad that they did something different. But I feel like that's, I, that's the same way I feel about the, you know, a lot of the wrestling fans now, is they they hate when things are rehashed, uh-huh. but they hate anything new. Like me personally, I love the Wyatt the the the, the Wyatt uh, Swamp Fight. Yeah, I loved the Swamp Fight. I loved the the Boneyard match from from WrestleMania. Yeah, I, I thought it was I thought it was awesome. But when we were reviewing it, I also liked the Swamp Fight, and I was by far in the minority because a lot of people didn't like it. And uh, it's different. I think I think the words that I said was it wasn't great, but it was very entertaining. And while I was watching it, I loved it. And that's all that I can ask for. Right. Absolutely. Um, I I can't remember his name now. Uh, Mike Quackenbush. Yeah. I know uh, there's a there's a video that I've always gone back to go watch. And I've shared it with a lot of people um, that it's wrestling. It's like looking at wrestling as a wrestling wasn't wrestling like what is wrestling through the lens of a horror movie the Wyatt yeah. the Wyatt swamp fight you know what is wrestling through the eyes of a superhero movie or through the eyes of you know the like these different filters it's entertainment at the end of the day straight up it's entertainment and i think that so many people are so jaded and when they get something new because it's not new in the way that they wanted it, they right. get mad. And uh, in the same way that I don't know, it's just, I, I like I said, I, I think that people won't ever be pleased. Yeah. Um, a lot of the reasons why I don't watch a lot of the, the, the products anymore is I just, I don't want to pay for TV uh, mainly yeah, because I, I primarily with my, my real life, I work on the road when COVID's not a thing. Um, yeah. So I never 
found a reason to pay for TV because I was in hotel rooms all over the country. So yeah. why pay for TV when I have TV in the hotels that I'm staying in? Yeah. Um, so it's one of those things that like, I, you know, I'll catch up on Facebook or through whatever tabloids or anything like that is kind of what's going on with the different promotions or I'll watch a match here or there um, on YouTube or wherever. But I, a lot of it is I just don't have the, the energy like you said before, yeah. just don't have the energy to kind of consume all of the product that's out there. Yeah, I totally understand. So we, uh, I want to go back to talking about asking you some more wrestling stuff, but mm -hmm. in 60 seconds or less, because you, you brought it up, the newest Star Wars trilogy, what do you think of it? Um, so I'm going to kind of shoot myself in the foot a little bit. I have not watched episode nine yet. The reason why is no! that my fiance has not caught up she had before okay. us getting together and i know this is going to go over 60 seconds um she had <laughs> never seen a marvel movie she had never wow. seen any of the tolkien movies she had never okay. seen any harry potter movies and she had never seen any star wars movies it was wow. just the way she grew up she was really heavily into sports and she was just always being pushed by her family so yeah. she didn't really have time to like sit down and watch the movies the way you know i did growing up so it was one of those things that I made it my mission that I was going to get her to watch Star Wars. And then over the holidays last year, um, I, we were out in Arizona visiting her family. And I remember waking up one morning and rolling over and she had started watching episode one on Disney+. And I was like, all right, here we go. So okay. we started watching and it's been one of those things that um, it, Due to health reasons, she has a hard time sitting and focusing on movies for a really long period of time. So yeah. it, she has to have that spark in her to watch it. Mm -hmm. So we've almost gotten all the way through episode seven, but I promised her that I would not watch episode nine without her. Oh, dude. So oh, it's been man. driving me crazy because I haven't got to watch it yet because I made that promise to her. And because I respect my promises, I, I, have, I have not watched it. But everything I have seen up to episode eight, I absolutely love. I love the prequel awesome. trilogy. I love the original trilogy. I love the, the Disney trilogy. I, I love it all. I think it is an amazing story. And I feel like people have to, the reason why people hate it the reason why people hate the original trilogy, well, the reason why people hate the Disney trilogy, is that they they don't they don't watch it to be entertained anymore. They watch it for certain. They watch it for something, it, and they're 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 not they're not suspending disbelief. It's the one okay. thing we talk about in wrestling, you know, where it's like with with, with kayfabe, you know, it's like you you got to be able to get fans to suspend their disbelief. And I Correct. think a lot of people stop doing that. They they start watching movies, you know, especially movies with long franchises like Star Wars, like the Marvel movies, you know. They stop watching it in the way they stop watching it through the lens of the original trilogy. If you watched if you had never seen a Star Wars movie before in your life and you sat down to watch the original trilogy, you'd love it. Correct. My fiance absolutely, absolutely loved the original trilogy. She the or the the, the prequel trilogy because she hadn't watched, you know the she hadn't watched the you know episodes four, five, and six. Yeah. So her first dive into Star Wars was Episode One. And wow. for me, growing up, I grew up when Episode One was. I remember before episode one came out, I remember going to see episode one, two and three in theaters. Yeah. And so those always stuck with me, 
in the way that the original trilogy stuck with people who saw the original trilogy in theaters. I just think it's one of those things that a lot of people just get, you know, jaded and they stop watching it. If you, if they don't realize if you watched it through the lens as if it were the original trilogy, as if you had never seen a Star Wars movie before, if you had no preconceived notions of what Star Wars was. Right. I think people would absolutely love it, but people don't know how to do that. So you've got Cody, you've got the New Day, you've got the Miz, you've got Jericho, you have all of my wife's favorites. But ladies and gentlemen, introducing my wife's new favorite wrestler, Mr. Aiden Knight, because of uh, your love of The Last Jedi. Oh, yeah. No, it's, <laughs> yeah. Like I said, I, I love Star Wars in general. Like, uh, it's one of those things, like, if, if, if you could see the amount of Star Wars stuff, like, I have uh, tons of Star Wars Funkos, action figures. Um, it's actually, once COVID is gone, I have already promised uh, the, the lady that when she finishes Star Wars and COVID is gone, we will go to Galaxy's Edge because neither of us have yeah. been yet. But we are going and we are making lightsabers and it is a whole big to-do. So when we're done here, I will, uh, I'll send you a picture of my Funko Pops because I've got like 115 of them. They're not all Star Wars. I, I used to have a lot everything. more. I, that's another thing. I used to have a lot more Funkos because I worked yeah. for Hot Topic for a really long time and I worked for GameStop oh, wow. at the same time. Yeah. So I was bag and exclusives all over the place and <laughs> awesome. it was it was bad like i had close to like 300 and something funkos that's too many like, yeah. i thought i had a lot that's insane yeah i don't have that many anymore but i still have a pretty decent number of them mm. Mm. so let's talk about uh, a dream match no. and i want you to tell me this is this is a difficult question this is incredibly difficult <laughs> <laughs> if you could wrestle anybody from any point in wrestling history, who would that person be, and tell me why? Okay, so I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try and do this because I already have like four answers in my head. Okay. Um. Oh man, I would love to wrestle the Hardys from like late '90s, early 2000s era Hardys. I would love to wrestle the Broken Hardys. Yeah, um, you know that's just because they've been so influential for me as as a wrestler and growing up and my my love of wrestling. Um, I would also love to work Motor City Machine Guns. Oh my gosh, yes! I absolutely they are one of the those are the guys and Motor City Machine Guns got me hooked on Impact. Like they were the guys that got me absolutely. Them and Beer Money got me absolutely hooked on Impact. Um, I would love to work Bray Wyatt, either as you know Bray Wyatt or as the Fiend. Yeah, I would love to work CM Punk. I would just love to talk to Punk. I think that's another. Like, I would just love to sit down in a room and just have Punk's ear for like an hour. Yeah. Um. But yeah, no, Hardy's MCMG, Wyatt, Punk, Gangrel. Yeah. <laughs> I love Alex Shelley. And I love Chris Saban too, don't get me wrong. But yeah. I've always loved Alex Shelley. When I was younger, I just thought he had such a cool look and he's so unique. Mm. And just the way he works is just so different. I, I yeah. love it. No. Yeah, oh, I'd love to, even though he just retired the Amazing Red. It's another one that oh, I would have yeah. absolutely loved to have gotten in the ring with. Yeah. So we, uh, we've gone about an hour, but before we close this out, 
do you have any uh, you've you've already told a bunch of stories but do you have any other cool wrestling related stories you'd like to share oh man so this is the first live show i ever went to okay uh we went to orlando my cousin at the time had just gotten accepted into the disney work program so like she was like going to like going to work for disney but also going to and they were paying for her school essentially so we went down to celebrate we went down to universal and did the city walk we were at margaritaville eating had this nice dinner and we were like oh well let's just walk around city walk my brother and i walked over to the hard rock and we were checking out the gift shop and we were on our phone watching uh genesis okay that that we were watching that year's genesis which was going on that night yeah so we were literally live streaming it and one of the employees from the hard rock saw it over our shoulder and said hey you know they record that here, right? And we both looked at each other. We were like, "No, we had yeah. no idea. We had no idea." And he's and I was like, "That's so cool." And he goes, "You know, it's free to get in the door, right?" Yeah. And we had no idea. So immediately, I I was like, "Oh my gosh! Like, how do you get there?" He's like, "You just go over here where the Blue Man Group thing is, and you just go around the side of the building. You'll see the signs for it. Go have fun." So I called my mom and I'm like, mom, we're going to go watch TNA. And they were, she was like, what are you, what? And I was like, they, 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 they're literally, the show is going on behind the blue man group stage. Like we'll meet up with you guys later. And we took off, we went in and we were maybe f- there was like one person between my brother and I and the, the barricade. That's awesome. like the hard cam, like the, the, back right hard camp corner of the ring that's so cool and there's just there's just this one guy in front of us i can't remember what match we were watching but i remember standing there and all of a sudden this promo comes up rob van dam and eric bischoff and rob is like uh jeff hardy was the champion at the time and he was peeved at jeff and was like you know i want jeff hardy and and i want him in a match tonight and blah 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 and bischoff goes if you want Hardy, you got Hardy. Your match is now. And RVD comes down to the ring, and then all of a sudden, an unfamiliar set of music plays. Hmm, this is not Jeff Hardy's music. Right. And then the light bulb went off, and Matt Hardy came out. And I, not going to lie, I was like, I don't remember how old I was at the time, but I started crying. <laughs> Dead serious. Because awesome, like, it was one of those things that like growing up, with yeah you know like we knew jeff was going to be there we we were excited to see jeff wrestle for the you know wrestle and defend the title that night and we were super excited i had no plans of seeing matt wrestle like yeah. no plans we had no like i think matt was gone from wwe and had been gone from wwe for a while and just hadn't seen anything from him and we were just standing there and we're just and this happens and i see it and i'm like oh my god it's happening yeah and I remember we we saw it. I I had almost no voice from us just cheering and just going crazy. I remember at some point during the show, I don't remember if it was this show or another Impact pay-per-view that we drove down for, but there was a Falls Count Anywhere match between Bubba and Devon. And they Devon was beating up Bubba in the in the corner, like at the barricade, and my brother was right there and he like leaned over the barricade and licked Bubba's head. What? Yeah, it was hilarious. I have to. It, I, if I could remember which paper, if, if if I can't remember if it was on Genesis or if it was on like it, it had to have been like a pay per view after that during that same year. But yeah, he's Devon's beating up Bubba, and he my brother leans over the barricade and just loop right right side of his head. 
but yeah yeah just it was yeah it was just we were we were kids we were going crazy but yeah i remember after genesis like we the the everybody had had left and they were you know kind of the security was trying to get people out and me and my brother just stood there and just stared at the ring for like 20 minutes and just had this moment of like we can do this yeah like like the really like focus down point of like yeah i want to do this and that was the first show and it was just a, a spur of the moment thing it ended up being the night that matt hardy debuted with impact and it was just this, it was just this sort of perfect storm essentially That's and so from there cool. we just yeah we just locked in and we were like yeah this is what we're gonna do and i ended up getting you know like i said getting in with with pure goodness and kind of getting my foot in the door and meeting the people who ended up training me and going from there but yeah that that is that to me is probably one of my best wrestling related stories that is so cool man that's super awesome so let's uh let's close out and i know you guys are actually doing shows again because uh i saw spider post something so where can we see you wrestle right now uh i will be in pavo georgia it'll be the third saturday of every month except october we'll be in pavo at the peacock center uh, okay. with SWA. Uh, I'm currently working on trying to get some new places. So just as long as people stay hooked up to the social media, you know, they'll see where I'm at and where I'm going. I usually try to give everybody a pretty good heads up as to where I'm going to be and what's going on. And That's cool, man. Where can we find you on social media? Uh, I'm on both Facebook and Instagram. It's uh, okay. Aiden Knight on Facebook and the Aiden Knight on Instagram. Awesome. Awesome. And can we, where can we get your merch? Uh, currently, uh, just at, at shows. Uh, I am currently working on trying to get a uh, shop set up with uh, ProWrestlingTees.com. Um, okay. It's just a matter of getting the, the actual designs and everything put together and, and submitted over for them. So once again, if you're interested in merch, yeah, check out Instagram, Facebook. Uh, as soon as that's all set up, uh, there'll be links posted up for that as well. Awesome. Let me know when that happens too. Absolutely. And I'll show it for you. Absolutely. Will do, man. Awesome. Aiden, thanks so much for hanging out with us, man. It's been an absolute blast talking to you. Yes. Probably because not just wrestling, but we have a lot of things in common. Yes. I've absolutely enjoyed myself very much. And I thank you very much for giving me the, you know, the time and the space to be on here. Absolutely, man. Anything for a fellow nerd. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you can follow all of us at Wrestle Life Radio on Instagram and Facebook and at Wrestle Life Pod on Twitter. Follow me at WrestleLifeMatt on Instagram and Twitter. Ladies and gentlemen, this is Indie Focus. Hashtag support indie wrestling. Make sure to follow Aiden and follow everyone that we've interviewed so far, and we'll be doing so in the very near future. Thank you so much for hanging out with us, and we hope you all have an absolutely wonderful day. <laughs>